Welcome to Breaking Built, where we dissect the chemistry. Yes, that is our tagline for this. <laughs> These little mini-sodes. I didn't write it. I'm just reading the words. Why did I sell me out instantly? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's kill or be killed in the world of podcasts, and you know that. Uh, way to be season two, Walt, man. So yes, this is our new thing that we're doing here on Below the Bible Belt. Um, it's where we literally dissect the last eight episodes of Breaking Bad. We're going to go into them, do like little our little uh, mini reviews and thoughts on the episodes as they happen. Uh, we're recording this actually the day after uh, season ah, five or six. Was it six? I, they call it six, but I think it's like five B or something. Uh, it's season twelve. <laughs> season twelve. That's how jam packed with content this show <laughs> is. Exactly, but um, every two episodes they switch over to another season. Um, but yeah, this was episode one of the last eight, the last eight episodes, uh, known, is it Blood Money? I believe it was Blood Money was the name of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Because I saw somewhere that I think someone on the internet mislabeled it, said it was called The Decision. I don't, I don't know what that was, that was about, but, um, so yeah, anyway, uh, James and I are here. We're both big Breaking Bad fans. We are. And, yes, and we thought it was kind of applicable just because, you know, it's dealing with methamphetamine, which is, you know, <laughs> it's in the South. It takes uh, place in Albuquerque, which is South adjacent. South adjacent, Southwest. Uh, the show was created by Vince Gilligan, a Southerner, you know, from West Virginia. That wasn't a slave, slave, slave state during the war, but I'll, he'll get a pass. Matt declares him an honorary Southerner. Yes, even though, yeah, he's, he grew up five miles from Virginia, but, you know, close enough, I guess. But, yeah, both of us have been, like I said, huge fans of this show. Uh, before we actually get into the episode, I thought we'd do a little backstory. Uh, James, when did, when did actually did you start getting into Breaking Bad? Were you on it from the very beginning, or did you, you know, like a lot of people, it's like, a lot of shows like this, I've noticed, like Breaking Bad, Mad Men, even like something like The Wire, where you hear about this buzz that the show's getting, and then you go back, catch up, and then you you know you keep going from from then on out as a fan of the show. Yeah, I wanted very badly to watch the show whenever it first premiered, but I think I got home like five minutes after the pilot had aired, and I was like, eh, I'll check that out later. They never got around to it. Cut to four years later when it was finally put up on Netflix. I finally got a chance to watch the show and then just binged watched it for the next few weeks. <laughs> um, I kind of did the same with Mad Men once it came on Netflix. But um, for me, actually, my story is, is a rocky one, fraught with many apparel. <laughs> um, actually, I watched the first season when it aired. Uh, the first eight episodes i believe i can't i always forget is it eight or six it was it's eight it had, it had a short first season and i watched i was like jesus that's incredible you know and then a few months after breaking bad aired my cable got cut off and i didn't have cable for over two years uh so i couldn't watch any breaking bad i missed season two i missed season three Got cable back like in fall of 2010. I was like, yes, I will be able to watch Breaking Bad next year when it airs. January or February of 2011, we move and we don't have cable. And damn it, I will watch this show no matter what it takes. And finally, you know, we were able to get cable and internet and all that stuff back. 
just in time for the season four premiere. So I, I, I managed to get, like I said, caught up in those two years in between not having cable. I watched season two and season three on DVD. Or season, yeah, and then I also got the season one DVD because I'd forgotten what had happened in the show. It's a good thing you were able to do that before. You know, had to activate plan B, move to Albuquerque, and live Breaking Bad. <laughs> we would do that one day, James. We'll do that one day. Um, but yeah, like I said, I got caught up in season four, and I've been watching ever since. So, yeah. That, that's, that's my story. Like I said, I, I will not be denied my Breaking Bad. <laughs> you are the one who watches. Exactly. But um, having said that, uh, what, what what did you think about this latest episode? We'll just go ahead and get into the meat of it. Not even, we're not going to, we've pussyfooted around enough, I think. This episode, the thing I thought the most walking away from it was, I was shocked at how quickly everything escalated, because I was not expecting that. Yeah. I would say I, I, I wasn't, I expected those, like, <clears throat> When there was that little showdown with uh, Walt and Hank, I was expecting there was going to be something like, you know, a thinly veiled, you know, threats at each other or something like, you know, I know that you know, and, you know, I know that you know that I know, but, you know, neither one of us is going to say anything and they're just going to walk out. But as soon as Hank, like, let that garage door down, I was like, oh, shit, what's happening here, you know, and then he, he punches him. I was like, you know, <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Opened up a can of Schrader brew. Exactly. The uh, Schrader brow, the whoop-ass variety. <laughs> yeah, even whenever Walt found the tracer on his car, I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting this to come to any kind of a head until halfway through the season. Yeah, and I like that they, that like, the tracer thing, you know, they didn't actually show Hank doing it, so it was like a complete surprise, you know. It was just like Walt putting the pieces together, and you see him. You know, he goes out to his car, and he sees you know the GPS trackers on his car, and he knows you know shits up. But uh, I do like the fact that they did that. You know, they had the balls to not. They didn't homeland it. You know, they didn't drag it out. Yeah. Know, Thirteen episodes and still never have a proper conclusion. You know, they just said, "Look, you know, we've." And I think that's a consequence of how the show is opened this season and the last season with the flash forward. And we know that, you know, things have gone bad for Walt, you know, the jig is up and he's on the run. So they have limited episodes to work with. So they have to get to that point as quick as possible. I think, yeah, which I think uh, was something that the show that kind of held the show back a little bit in the last season, just with the finale where they basically took at least two episodes worth of story and tried to jam it into one finale. The the final episode, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But there were two great montages in that, so it made up for it. With excellent song choices. Yes. But one of the things I was talking to you about before we recorded was, oh, I feel that this premiere actually makes last season's finale stronger in retrospect. This was the way it gives you a little more insight on Walt's motivations to quit the business. Because it was very... Uh, vaguely implied in the finale that Walt's cancer might have returned, and yeah. in this episode we get it completely confirmed. Yeah, and I, I do like that. Like you know, he never acknowledged that he's keeping it hidden from his family. You know, because the only like we've had vague hints, like we've seen him at the doctor's office. We never see a scene with the doctor saying anything, and of course in the flash forward we see him like taking pills. So it's a safe assumption that cancer's back, but then you know. 
it flat out confirms it when they show him he's in chemotherapy uh, in this episode. And I do think that I like that almost as much. I think I, I sort of like the idea from the previous finale that maybe the reason he was quit was out of sheer boredom. You know, he had gotten what he wanted and it just wasn't fun anymore. That's sort of, to me, I think I like that a little bit better just because it, to me, it, it, it makes more sense with the whole overall theme of him, you know, becoming like a total monster, you know? Yeah. It's also interesting to see that even though Walt has uh, left the drug business behind, he still got his mind set on building an empire. Just now it's a car washing empire. Yeah, I want to see him, like, go up to, like, that General Hands, you know, stay out of my territory, and, like, sports <laughs> him with the water hose. Yeah, because you still see him micromanaging and looking towards expansion just with the most trivial shit imaginable. Yeah. Hey, you got to make your money some way. Um, was it just me, or did you get, like, shades of Gus Fring with Walt in this episode? Oh, uh, definitely. Two scenes in particular. Uh, the scene with Lydia, where she's at the counter trying to reason with Walt, and he's just, you know, hey, welcome, thank you for your business. And that is almost exactly what Gus did to Walt in Season 2 when Walt was trying to desperately get in with Gus. Yeah, it's definitely just Gus without you know, without ties to the Empire at this point. Yeah. Um, he's the boss man now. And it wasn't anything I realized until later, but the scene where Walt pukes, you know, uh, in, the, in the toilet is... That is a recreation of the scene where um, Gus pukes up the poison in Mexico, which which is just freaky because, you know, we know that Walt interacted with Gus, you know, at Los Pollos Hermanos, but he wasn't there in Mexico. He didn't see that, you know. How would he know to take on those mannerisms, you know? I mean, he even has Gus's intricate towel folding down. Exactly. You know, you had a... You gotta, you know, plan for the knees. You know, those knees on that towel. That ain't easy stuff. But, um... Here's my theory. Walt is possessed by the ghost of Gus Fring. Ah, there we go. And Tio. That's why <laughs> every so often he just make he, he his mouth dings like a bell. Tuco oh. as well. Tight. Tight, 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 tight. He gets tattoos because he's briefly possessed by Jane. <laughs> That's the super the supernatural element they've been building to for the past five seasons. Um, but speaking of uh, Jane, maybe think of this. Uh, what about – it's very interesting that we see Jesse in this episode just because he is like complete 180 from what Walt is, like emotionally. You know, he right. is just – consumed by guilt and all the crap that he's done and he's almost seems like he's literally like trying to buy a clean conscience you know yeah it's, I feel. A, yeah it's always been the thing that's fascinated me about jesse as a character is that his complete inability to be either a villain or a hero yeah because anytime he tries to be one or the other he completely fucks it up mm-hmm. right, which we see in this episode where he tries his damnedest to do what he thinks is the right thing, but he's cut off at every turn to the yeah. point where he's just throwing wads of cash into people's yards because that's all he can do. The dopest, he's the dopest uh, paperboy ever. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's something that I've always found very like you know interesting about the show. This, whereas like Walt, you know, he he's taking his lumps, he's done st- stuff, you know, for the business, but 
you know, Jesse is taking like the lion's share of everything. He's the guy that always gets beaten. He's the guy that, you know, gets kidnapped by the Mexican cartel, you know, is forced to make meth for them. You know, he's the guy who had to endure a Mexican shootout. Uh, he, you know, Walt talks about this stuff, but he, other than like making meth, he, that's his biggest sacrifice so far has been, you know, shooting those two guys like in the, in the end of season three, you know, that's it. And I think just because of like the sacrifices Jesse has made, you know, he's paid for them. Whereas like so far Walt hasn't got his comeuppance yet. And I think that's sort of what makes, maybe makes Jesse more likable, more relatable than Walt in a way. Oh, definitely. Walt's conscience, Walt's conscience has completely scabbed over like, in the wake of the plane crash. I yeah. think a lot of people complain that you know, that moment wasn't as significant as it should have been. That it just some, it's something that happened and then was just swept under the rug. But I really feel like that's the most important moment in Walt's character arc. It's the death of Jane immediately followed by the plane crash. Yeah. I think it was the one-two punch of those two things that completely destroyed whatever shred of conscience Walt still had. And turned him into this creature that only looks forward and never looks back. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, we get shades of that in this episode, too, where it's like, well, we did what we did, but we have to move forward. Yeah, exactly, and that's sort of – I think that I, – I wonder if that isn't his – he's afraid of his conscience coming back to bite him. You know, That's why he wants to keep moving forward because you know, if he has to stop and think about what he's doing, it could maybe uh, destroy him. But then again, I don't know if that would – it with where his character is going at the time. So, do you have any predictions for what might happen later on this season? Uh, I don't know. I don't have any yet. Uh, my brother apparently he found out like some uh, some theory. Someone's kicking around. He said it's probably what's going to happen, and he always wants to tell me. I'm like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Breaking Bad is like the last show I've like it and like Mad Men are like the last shows I'm into where. I, I stay completely spoiler-free, and I've been spoiler-free. I don't want to spoil myself this late in the game. You know, it's stupid to do that. But, like, as far as predictions, uh, Walt's going to get back in the business some kind of way. <laughs> I know that's, that's such a stretch, isn't it? But uh, He's going to get – no, he's going to branch out into the cancer business. Yeah. <laughs> get out of my body. <laughs> His wages war on diseases. One theory I did have is uh, I think Hank is going to let Walt get away. Not just, like, get away with it, but, like, give him a chance to leave town, you know. Yeah, I think we definitely saw hints of that at the end of this episode. And I think Hank's investment in it, he, he's invested, in, like, you know, the last season they, they showed that uh, his boss got fired because he let Gus operate under his nose all those years. But... You know, imagine like the the payback that would come if Walt were discovered as Heisenberg, and what would happen to Hank. Um, not only would he you know lose his job, but he could very well face charges. Because if you think think about all the stuff that Hank's done over the years related to Walt, stuff like killing Tuco, um, how he was almost assassinated by the the twins, all the stuff with Gus Frank, you could almost argue like if someone's investigating. Not only does Hank know Walt's Heisenberg, but Hank's his enforcer, you know. <laughs> he's taking out the competition. So, you know, very well good case to make, say he's a dirty cop. 
So Hank could go to jail, not like I said, not only lose his job as a DEA agent, but go to jail for for Walt, you know. Yeah, Walt. Hank took Walt on stakeouts. Exactly, and and that's sort of when they were staking out his boss. Yeah, and that's sort of what I thought was sort of in that scene in the garage. Is sort of he implied, you know, Walt implied that, you know, I was there, you know, (laughs) you took me along, you know, I helped you out, you know, we're both in this together. Also, as Walt, uh, I think rightly points out, what good would it do at this point? Like Walt's going to be dead in a couple of months. If yeah. he pressed charges against him, all that would succeed in doing is destroying his family. Yeah. And but I will say, based on the time frame, Walt has a little more time left to live than he thinks. Just because I think that flash forward we see is about eight months away from the current time period, time frame. We spend the majority of this episode, so he's a little more than six months. That's all I'm saying. Walt's a liar. He'll lie. But um, speaking of theories, what do you think the M60 is for? The M60, as we see in this episode, he goes to get ricin. What do you think? What's up with that? I think that the tension between Walt and Jesse is going to reach a very dangerous conclusion by the end of the series. Think so? You think it's Walt versus Jesse? That's my prediction. Is it's been that's something that's been coming since the first season, and definitely been ramped up since the second season. I mean, Walt has done so much wrong against Jesse, so much unforgivable wrong that it's always been apparent that if Jesse ever found out, it would be a war between them. Yeah. And Jesse does have the connections to bring Walt serious hell. Yeah. That's what that's what I was gonna say because I do feel like with the. With him getting the rice, it almost felt like he's doing something suicidal, you know. He's got the gun, and then, you know, he'll take the rice or something when he's done with whatever he's doing. That's just the, the vibe that I got. You don't get a machine gun, a, a belt-fed machine gun, you know, and then go get a little vial of rice to kill someone. You either use one or the other, you know. But uh, I've seen some theories that supposedly, like, maybe he's going to save Jesse. Because maybe, like, Jesse's in trouble with, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy who he was selling meth to here in America. That, you know, he's pissed off, and he knows that Jesse can cook just as good as Walt can. So maybe he's got him, and, you know, Walt's going to save him. That's one idea. Or the villain of the series is revealed to be Jane's father. Dun, dun. Oh, no! Q returns! <laughs> he's throwing he, he's throwing planes all over Albuquerque. <laughs> Land now. I said land now. But we're 30,000. Land now. He just drops it on Jesse's house. Ah, <laughs> oh, no way, bitch. <sighs> um, but, yeah, I don't think... I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have to add uh, on the episode's whole. Um, uh, once again, everybody does an excellent job acting. You know, every, every, every role... Is you know well written, well well fleshed out pretty much for the most part. Um, I always felt like Marie is kind of the weak link in the cast, but you know that's that's to be expected. There's gonna be some weak links, but um, and then of course Dean Norris is acting like that that last scene in the garage. Just I think that's as close as I've seen someone an actor on TV give someone the murder stare and it be convincing. You know? Yeah. Dean D- Norris looked like he, he had some kind of fatal disease. I mean, the life had left his eyes. 
like the way he was looking at him squinting with his brow, he almost looked like a caveman. That's the way I thought. Like, he was full on Neanderthal man in that bitch. I'm pretty sure Dean Norris is half caveman. Probably. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess that'll go ahead and wrap us up for this first installment of Breaking Belt. Um, I've been Matt. I've been James. And stay out of our territory, at least for another week. Bitch. La ciudad se llama Duke, Nuevo México el Estado. Entre la gente mafiosa, su fama se ha propagado, causa de una nueva droga que los gringos han creado. color azul y que es pura calidad Esa droga poderosa que circula en la ciudad Y los dueños de la plaza no la pudieron parar Anda caliente el cartel, al respeto le faltaron Hablan de un tal Heisenberg que ahora controla el mercado Nadie sabe nada de él porque nunca lo han mirado El cartel es de respeto y jamás ha perdonado Ese compa ya está muerto No más no le han avisado Y así suenan los cuates de Sinaloa mi compa La fama de Heisenberg ya llegó hasta Michoacán Desde allá quieren venir a probar ese cristal Ese material azul ya se hizo internacional Ahora sí le quedó bien Nuevo México el nombre A México se parece En tanta droga que esconde Solo que hay un trapo gringo Por Heisenberg lo conoce Anda caliente el cartel Al respeto le faltaron Hablan de un tal Heisenberg que ahora controla el mercado Nadie sabe nada de él porque nunca lo han mirado A la furia del cartel nadie jamás ha escapado Ese compa ya está muerto, no más no le han avisado